Imagine that you surveyed 10 students at any Williamson County school. And just by the way that student talked, by the way they measured success and what it means to be popular, based on what they valued and how they carried themselves, you knew that that kid has got to be a clear D student. Imagine for a second that the divorce rate dropped in Forest Crossing because men and women knew what it meant to love their spouse the way Christ intended. Why? Because Clearview people had launched neighborhood discipleship efforts using their homes to do it. Imagine that Williamson County became known as a place where people over 70 were thriving and investing in their community, mentoring and serving because they realized they had a lot to offer and that the remainder of their days would be used to build their own legacy for the kingdom of God. Imagine a Williamson County culture where anxiety and depression rates dropped drastically. People were being healed and could overcome it. And they were finding healing through ministry efforts tethered back to Clearview Baptist Church. Imagine a family climate in Williamson County where parents were more obsessed with their sons and daughters' sexual purity before the Lord than they were with their sons and daughters being great at football or soccer or band. Imagine for a second that every time a child is removed from a domestically violent home in Williamson County, that when that child went to be placed into foster care through Department of Child Services, instead of sleeping on a couch, they had their own bed to sleep on and a new change of clothes waiting on them in the foster home because Clearview people had used the wide open door with DCS to bring relief in a moment of trauma. Imagine that the place where you worked began to invest hard dollars into Franklin because your influence inside the corporate space was so strong that the workplace itself began to take on a desire to change the community because of your voice within the walls of the company. Imagine that you never again woke up and started the day just having a job. Imagine that you got up every day and you knew that your life counted. This could be Williamson County and this could be your life. And the only factor that would make that go from a dream to a reality is that you became obsessed with finding the reason that God put you on the planet. If you began to actually believe that God made you specifically and that he put you here for such a time as this in 2020. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and bought it. This is our time. This is our church. And we must open our eyes. Today, we are going to start unfolding for you some things you've been hearing this phrase kicked around Clearview in the last four to six months called Give Us Franklin. And if you're a guest today, not only are we really glad you're here and that you are able to use your canoe and get to Clearview, that meant a lot. Uh, but, but the fact that you're here today, I can't think of a better day. If you're watching online, you've been checking us out for a while, this is a great day 
to be tuning in to Clearview because it's something that we've been working on for a long, long time. Over the past 36 months, we've been working really hard on a strategy. Really, I should probably say more accurately, the last two and a half years, we've been working on what I would call a framework. Like almost like building a house, we've been putting a footer together and then framing it and then starting to put the roof on and hardwiring it and doing all the things that if you've ever watched the house uh, go up, you know what I mean. Today, we're talking a lot about what does it mean for us to have a, a an irresistible influence into, into this town and into the surrounding areas. You know, it started with us having what we call our, our vision, and a vision is often misunderstood for a strategy, and I'm going to talk to you for a minute about what our vision has been and what it will always be. It's what we would say it's our motive. It's our why. It's why we do what we do. And, and to say our vision in short form, I would say it like this. It simply means no more purposeless people. At Clearview, we really do believe there's a timeless principle that somebody just like Levi, by the way, hey, that's a dad baptizing a son, by the way. Isn't that cool? Isn't that great? You, yeah, you should clap. All right. Listen, man, we've had so many baptisms in the last few months. And every time that I see a, a dad baptizing, let me tell you, man, that's just telling you they're, they're doing it in the home. And, and I, I just, I love it. Well, everybody from somebody like that young man all the way to a 70-year-old, in fact, my grandchildren, if the Lord gives me grandkids, my grandkids will wrestle with the same problem that people have wrestled with for hundreds of years. And that is, why was I born? Why was I born? Why am I here? Most people really don't know that. Most Christians I know really don't know that. And so our vision never really changes. And here's why. Here's why this matters so much. But I, I believe in the core of my heart that if you don't know Christ, if, if a person is living without Christ, they're only really half there. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. What I'm saying is they're not fully alive. I, to say it to the positive, I would say it this way. A person in Christ is a person that is fully human. Did you, did you understand what I'm saying? If you don't have Christ in your life, yeah, you may be a living, breathing person, but God didn't make you and he didn't create you to walk through this life aimlessly. But that's what most people do. They really do. Most people live out the whole, you've heard me say this, and I'm going to keep saying it. If you're tired of hearing it, man, I, you're in trouble. Because I'm going to keep saying this until Jesus takes me home. God did not make you so that you could grow up, go to school, get married, get divorced, get married again, or maybe be single for, or make it through, have a career, have some kids, watch them leave the house, get old, get a disease, and then die. That's a bad joke. I mean, really. I mean, if that's, if that's truly the reason that most people live out their days, that's just kind of what they do. Well, listen. The reality is, no, God made you for a reason. And if you don't know who Christ is, you're not ever going to connect with that intended purpose for your life. But see, the, the problem in most Christian churches, though, is that somehow along the way, in the, I would say the last 50 years or more, if you've watched what churches have done over the national landscape, it doesn't mirror 
what Jesus said even about himself. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, right? I've come to give you life. Well, then if that's true, why is it that in the last 50 years, churches across the national landscape in America have continued to do nothing but decline? That doesn't jive. It doesn't make sense. If Jesus came to give us life, then when they come in here, when somebody looks in here, they should see people fully engaged with the kingdom of God. But you don't see that across America. In fact, in the last 50 years, you see churches literally closing their doors at an alarming rate forever. Selling the property. Done. Over. Ball game. So that doesn't jive with Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And I think what's happened is that over those last 50 years, as I've been in ministry now, really my whole career, well, well, as I've looked at churches on the national landscape, what I've seen is that most somehow, and I, I can't give you all the cultural or the, the evangelical reasons for this. I mean, I haven't done the hard data, but I know what my eyes see. And I talk to pastors all the time. And I watch and I read and I study and I research. And I think when you put all that in a bowl and put it together and mix it up, I think somewhere along the way, Christianity and Christians specifically started interpreting Christianity pretty much like it's just fire insurance. That, that we, we really came to Christ because we were told that, that if, if, you don't go to, if you don't come to Christ, you're going to go to hell when you die, and you will go to hell when you, if you... A person that doesn't have Christ in their life will spend an eternity in hell. Not because that's what I say, because that's what the Bible says. And it doesn't matter if I like that. It doesn't matter if I approve of that. It doesn't make it any less true. It is true because the Bible says it's true. So people began to take on this Christianity concept as, ooh, you know, I, I, I fulfilled the contract. I signed my name. I, I walked an aisle. I, I did that. And that was it. But I'm here to tell you, friends, if your definition of Christianity is that you filled out a guest card and you went through a new member's workshop and then you did that, You, you just, it's like you, it's like you put your cleats on and then you just went and sat on the bench. I, I don't know any athlete that is content to just suit up and say, yeah, but I don't, you know, don't put me in. Are you, are you out of your mind? No, you, know, you don't get in a car and sit there and go, wow, this is cool. It smells good. It's got a full tank of gas. No, you, you engage it. So we intend to engage, and that's why we say our, our statement of no more purposeless people is really the gospel in long form. There was a God, and he made you, and he made Christ, and he sent Christ to rescue you, to do for you what you could never do on your own. And so because Jesus rescued you from the domain of darkness, as the Bible says, and has transferred you into the kingdom of the son that he loves, we were meant to be kingdom initiators. And we're not just going to sit on that. That's our vision. But every vision needs a strategy. So you often hear us at Clearview talk about the, the idea that if, if you want to make it to a simple, remember this, remember this movie? How many of y'all, by a show of hands, how many of y'all have ever seen Wizard of Oz? Raise them up. Don't, don't be embarrassed. Come on, dudes. Right, right. Yeah, you see, right? Some of you are like, I ain't raising my hand. 
I watched it, but I didn't raise my hand, right? No, some of y'all watched it last week and you won't even admit it, right? No. <laughs> So, so, but in, in that, Brian, come on up here. Brian's going to share with you about our, our idea of a strategy, because let me tell you what this is like. Vision is our 10,000 foot idea that we want people to discover why Jesus put them on the planet. But Every vision needs a strategy. You know, Oz, if, if you want to, by the way, please don't call me a heretic for, or, you know, comparing the kingdom of God to Oz, because we all know how the movie ends and don't, don't go in. But if the kingdom of God is this idea, well, everybody needs a yellow brick road. Everybody needs a way to get there. And so we don't want to just tell you to pursue the kingdom. We want to lay a path, a yellow brick road, so that you can. I'm going to let Brian explain. We've worked so hard. Brian has championed this, John Garner. Many of our staff members have worked hard on what we're calling the path to purpose. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Jason. Yes, like he shared, a group of us on the staff came together. And really what, what we were tasking ourselves with was how do we communicate growing in Christ at, at Clearview to somebody who's never been in contact with Clearview before. So how do we communicate no more purposeless people to a world that has no idea who we are, what we're all about, and so on? And what grew out of that was this path to purpose. And you see it up here on the screen. The path begins at encountering Jesus. Listen, I, I'll be honest with you. Attendance does not equal encountering Jesus. It doesn't. Do you truly know Christ. And this is where we deal with the question of salvation. Uh, from there, it's going to move into, and this is where we create doors into the church. This is why we want our people, our, our members, the, the people that are all in to be out in the neighborhoods helping to create these doors. The next thing you do is you connect to Clearview and you see it. starting point. Starting point is where kind of everything intersects. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the church, how you get involved, uh, where that is, and that, and uh, John Garner teaches that, and then we want you to be involved in a group. Groups matter here, and you know what? I will tell you, for the first Sunday since I came on staff, I can look at you and say, there is a group now in existence for every stage of life in this church. That's an incredible thing, and you, that's, feel free to get excited about that. Um, as of today, we launched a, a single adult group, and that takes care of everything there. So we want you to be a part of the group. Groups are where you're going to find your community. It's where you're going to be involved in all of those things. That's where that, that stuff matters. And then from there, you're going to discover your purpose. J uh, Jason has talked a lot about place. It's an assessment. It's something that you can go through to help you identify your spiritual gifts, your passions, uh, your abilities. Uh, your disc profile, your personality, yes, everybody has one. I know we've met all people that we question that, but everybody does have a personality. Um, you discover your purpose, or you're going to get that, as Jason would say, in about four days. Okay? Discover your purpose. Go through place, and we're going to have people that will walk alongside of you uh, to help you see that and identify that. But see, it doesn't end there. You can know your purpose, you can know your wiring, you can know who you are, you can be aware of how God made you, but you've got one more thing to do from there, and that's to engage your calling. And if you notice something, this is a circle. This is a circle that comes all the way back around to the people that have discovered their purpose, and when they put their calling into action in their life, they're leading others to encounter Jesus. Their life becomes a doorway and an example to other people to do just that. So that circle keeps going, right? And you see that it all centers around prayer, engaging with God, 
communicating with God each and every day and working through that. So that's the path to purpose. That's how you find it. And let me tell you something. When you live in your purpose, whatever that is, every day is incredible. Circumstances, ups and downs, unexpected things, they don't destroy you. They don't tear you down. They don't derail your life because your focus is on the one thing that God's called you to be and to do in this life. So that's it. That's the path to purpose. And you may, have, you may be asking, what about the conduit? We've talked a lot about that. What we realize as we walk through this process is that this path to purpose is the thing that is going to take the place of that. So I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Jason. You got it. So Brian's worked really hard with our leadership on that because we did want you to have a yellow brick road. But here's the, here's the reality. The reality is we don't just want you to get on the path of purpose. We, we've got to have a way to execute that, to actually set it into motion. And that's what Give Us Franklin is. So let me show you the, the next image. So our why, our motive is that we want no more purposeless people. We mean it. We don't want anybody to know, to walk through this life not knowing what their purpose is. We want, to know you, want you to know how to get there. That, that that yellow brick road is the path to purpose, but we need a place to kick it off and launch it. And that's what we mean when we say, give us Franklin. Give us Franklin started out as really a prayer that I began to pray. God, give us our town. Send us into our town. Let our people become obsessed with executing the kingdom of God into reality, to pushing it into formation in their jobs, in their schools, or whatever it is they love. In their, if, if you're a salesman, that, that you would learn to, to have kingdom-minded focuses through sales. If you're a teacher, that, we, that you would see that, no, I'm not just a teacher. I'm a, I'm a missionary of Christ sent to the education system. You know, when you begin to see your life like that, you don't mind the alarm going off. You really don't. It's another day there for you, but we had to have a place where we could start. You got to start somewhere because it's not just about destinations. You know, so many times, if you, at least in my lifetime, if you look back over what's happened in the church, the, the large church across the nation, there was a time in American history where this place here it was kind of the destination. It was the place where life happened. It's where, where people gathered in community. But then all of a sudden, you begin to see our culture go one way and churches go the other. And then there was this, this big chasm between. And so what's happened in Christianity a lot of times is people look at church as something as somewhere you go. And I'm saying no. Church isn't somewhere you go. Church is something you are. The kingdom of God is something that you are. It's something that you live out every day. I, I would compare it to a, an airport, right? You know, don't you just love these? Doesn't that just give you a warm fuzzy when you see that? Doesn't your stress level just go down when you see that, you know? And, you know, but think about it. Have you, ever, have you ever heard anybody when you said, hey, uh, they, they said, we, we, went on, we went on vacation this past week. You know, oh, where'd you go? Oh, man, listen, we had a killer time at LaGuardia. I mean, it was awesome. Are you kidding? Like, dude, there's a Starbucks in there, and they got scones. That you've, you you got to go. You got to go to LaGuardia, right? The baggage claim, we got and rode that sucker. It was just, it was epic. No, you would say, listen, you need real help, okay? No, nobody looks at the airport as the destination. An airport is just a connector, to get you where you really want to go. But I think that's how Christians have treated church. 
is we look at this place as the place where it's all supposed to happen. And it's true. A lot of good things happen here. In fact, really good things happen here. But you're never sent here to be here. We're sent here to be sent there. Outside. Outside. That's, that's where it's at. So while I go, I showed you a verse in that video, and I want to come back to it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, he said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant, is a pearl merchant, who was seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it. You know, the idea of that verse is really simple. You're going to obtain whatever it is you want most. You're going to get whatever it is you want most. We've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount these last few weeks, and we've got many more weeks to go in the Sermon on the Mount. But the whole, the whole crux of the Sermon on the Mount is that you will, you will be able to get your hands on what, what you want. And so this man here, he, when he found the one pearl, that is the kingdom of heaven, he sold all that he had to get it. And my heart beat for you. You say, Jason, why, why, why does somebody finding their purpose mean so much to you? Let me tell you. I'm telling you, in my own personal life, everything changed when I discovered who Christ was and why he made Jason. Not why he made people, why he made me. And when I began to realize not only who Christ was, that when I realized why he put me on this planet, I'm telling you, it changed everything. It changed my career. And it may not change your career. God may call you to stay right where you're at, but he will change how you look at your career. It changed how I looked at people. It changed what I wanted to spend my money on. It changed what I wanted to feel, be, do, experience when I found that one pearl. And so that's why it matters to me that you discover your purpose. Because if you don't, you're going to spend all your days just getting through and getting by. So we're, we've created Give Us Franklin as what we believe is a prompting from the Lord to give you a place to start literally becoming what I would call a church of irresistible influence. That's my heart for, for Clearview Baptist Church, that we are a church of irresistible influence. That's why in the video we said, can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine that, that in our community, that we have such influence in this community that they actually begin to look to us for help. The community looks to us, oh, no, 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 clear view. People know what, and that doesn't set us apart, make us better. Listen, this, this community is full of a lot of great churches, man. I, I'm not saying that because it sounds right. I'm telling you, this community is full of some great churches. We want to be a church that we couldn't imagine this community that, di that didn't feel our presence, that if we weren't here, the community would be like, oh, what happened? What happened? We, we missed them. That if, if literally, if we went away today, the community would be like, oh, no, no, we, we no. So what, so let me define, give us Franklin. Let me, let me just kind of give you a definition. Okay. By the way, you don't have to remember all this. It's going to be, there's going to be a test at the end in, in a few weeks. So don't worry. Um, 
Give us, Franklin, is Clearview asking God to position us as a church of irresistible influence for Christ in the neighborhoods, the schools, the local marketplace, and community agencies. Those four pillars are places we really believe that God is calling us, and we've spent the last four to six months giving you a a yellow brick road, if you will, on how to get there. I'm going to move through this in, in, in a short fashion. But we have people watching in the chapel. If you're a guest here, we have other venues in this campus that are going on right now. Some of you are watching at home. I want to ask you to do me, do me a favor. Just stay with me for about 15 minutes. You know, one of my, my, one of my good friends, Ronnie Floyd, said something one time that I, I've never forgotten. He said, God can do more in a moment than you can do in a lifetime. And it's, it's amazing what happens. Maybe in the, what would happen in the next 12 minutes if you're in the next 12 minutes that maybe God altered the course of your life forever, I'm, I'm not kidding, forever, how would that look? Well, how does give us Franklin, how do we actually start? Where do we go? Well, I'm going to give it to you. You know, it's never going to end. I mean, I hope that 10 years from now, we're on like phase 37, you know, like, you know, version 5.0. I hope that's where we're at, but we got to start somewhere. And so we're going to start with phase one and phase two. And let me tell you what phase one and phase two looks like. In phase one, I'm going to ask you to do something. And I'm going to ask all of our church to fast. I mean it. I want you to do a one meal family fast. You say, Jason, what do you mean? That's, I mean, I, you mean you actually want me to go without food? Yes, I do. 100%. You can do it. All right. This week, I went without food for two days just for this moment, doing prayer walks downtown, prayer walks here on our campus. See, when you, when you, that doesn't make me a hero. Listen, I'm going to preach next week out of the Sermon on the Mount on fasting. Jesus expected us to do it. So, I want to ask you in the next 30 days that you and your family skip one meal, but you don't just sit there and grumble. No, you sit there and you pray that you take the time it would have taken. Moms, you should be loving me right now, okay? In the time that it would have taken you to make dinner and and the time for you to to eat that dinner, okay? And don't take the Chick-fil-A version. Yeah, we do do, do the drive-through fast. Like that's seven minutes. That doesn't count. Actually, I'll take it. You know what? at this point. But here's the truth. I want you in the next 30 days to take one meal and I want you to take your kids and I want you to take your husbands and I want you to take your wives. I want you to take yourself. Maybe you're not married. And I want you to sit before the Lord. And you never fast without a purpose. We're going to cover that next week. You never fast without a purpose. And you say, Jason, what, what, what is our purpose for this fast? Biblically, you never fast. There's no such thing as a biblical fast without a purpose. And the purpose is twofold. One, we're going to be asking God to first remove the debt from off of our back. We want that debt gone. Our trustees are working really hard right now. We've hit a few roadblocks, but we've got a plan that we're hoping to, we, we were hoping we could already bring it to you. We've got a plan we're having to work out. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. And our trustees that, that help us navigate things like this, we're working with finance team, we're working with others to help remove the debt in 12 months. That's the first thing I want you to begin to ask God. 
God, give, give our leadership wisdom, break through the fog, God, of that we're trying to get this debt off of our back to free us up to do ministry. Let me tell you something. Do you realize, I'm, I'm not going to get the numbers exactly right, but if we could get this debt gone in the next 12 months, we would have roughly $500,000 that we would have to figure out ways to invest. I know for sure, I mean, we've got like about a $3.8 million debt. We, we're going to invest that in the kingdom of God, people. I don't want to give it to the bank. So how are, how are and, and the bank's been great, praise God. But we're going to find a different way to move on beyond this thing. But there's another reason I want us to fast. I want us to fast because I want to ask God to send an awakening to clear view. And let me tell you, I've been thinking about this this week. You know, I've lived in this town 18 years, right at 18 years. And at least in my 18 years, I haven't, I am not aware, and I, I mean that in the most literal sense, I personally am not aware of an awakening that's hit this town, at least in those 18 years, maybe if not in the last 30 or 40. I don't know. I'm talking about an awakening the size of something that you saw in Chicago decades ago. I'm talking about an awakening like you saw in, in Scotland in the Hebrides Islands when the entire island was overcome with the presence of God. You see, there's no strategy that can ever equate to God just opening up the heavens. I've, I've lived through one of those. I've told you that story several times. I've lived through one awakening in one church when I first was a, young, was a teenager, and I'm telling you, it changed my life forever. God can and still is willing to send an awakening to a group of people that long for it. I mean it. And you know, so let me tell you why this matters to me so much. You say, Jason, why do you want our whole family to fast? I want to tell you why. For those of you that have been around Clearview, a lot of you are guests and some of you are new because you've moved into Franklin and you know, whatever. There are people in this church, there's people in this service, there's people sitting over in the chapel right now, there's people listening online. There are people that their names are on a document called a charter. It hangs outside my office door. And I've read some of those names. And when you talk to those people that in 1985, that they, this dirt you're standing on, when they actually began to beg God for a breakthrough, to this day, those that are still alive and going to this church, they can barely talk about those years without crying. Because they had such investment when you talk to the people that came in the late 80s and the early 90s, we're talking about people that were executives of companies and people that were high caliber talent in the corporate space and they would clean the bathrooms at this church as a small group because it was their week to do it. You see, that's when you want it. That's when you want it. You know why I want us to fast as a family? Because when you hear the people that have gone to this church for 30, 35 years, when you hear them talk about what God had to do to let them have this place, they, they're still emotional about it 35 years later. That was their time. You know what? It's our time. It's our time. For those of us that are right now having kids, I want my sons, I want my sons to remember when they're 30, man, I remember that time that we like skipped a meal and we began to ask God to take the debt off. And you know what? He did. 
I, I want my sons to look back 25 years from now. And I remember that time when we would have worship services and there were just people getting saved and coming to God. I've seen it, man. I've seen it with my own eyes. For three years, I watched as a 17-year-old boy, when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, when I, the reason I cried, it's still emotional. It's not sad tears. I, I can't talk about it. I remember sitting in the crowd and watching men and women come down that I knew because it's a small town. We're having marriage issues. I knew it because I heard my parents talking about it. And I remember watching families come down and weep before God and stay married. I remember watching people be healed by God. I remember people coming to an eternal salvation moment when Jesus healed them. I'm telling you, it can happen here. This is a verse I've been praying for our church, Isaiah, Isaiah 62. Look at this verse. Uh, 64, sorry. Look at what Isaiah said. Oh, God, that you would rend the heavens. Oh, what a word, rend. It means bust open. Oh, God, that kind of like what's happening right now outside, right? That's why you have nowhere to go. Don't complain. Uh, uh, oh, God, that you would rend, open the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake with your presence. I'm telling you, friend, as far as I know and as far as the empirical evidence shows to me, I don't know of any record, and if you do, please tell me. I would love to study it. I mean, actually study what happened. I've studied revivals before. I don't know that that's ever happened in Franklin. It could start right here. Right here. It could start right here, and I, I'm praying for that. So phase two, where do we start? That's phase one. Phase two, we're going to start, and here's where we're going to start, in these four areas, Okay. Let's look at this. These four areas are very strategic that our staff has been working on right now. So we want God to make us a church of irresistible influence in the marketplace, in the neighborhoods, in the schools, in the community agencies. And that's where we're going to start. And we're going to start there. You know why? Because there's already open doors happening in that. We've seen open doors with some marketplace opportunities. We've, listen, Kim Margrave she, you know, they, our missions partners in the Yorkshire, they call her the ninja. They literally call Kim Margrave the ninja. She didn't look like a ninja. But to their own words, they said, Kim just makes things happen. It's the strangest thing ever. Kim just finds a way. Kim has been working locally. We have got more local. If you're interested in local missions, Department of Child Services, Franktown Open Hearts, I'm not, Room in the Inn, it, 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 there's, there's a list that's bigger than, maybe, maybe than ever. We have possibilities for your life to start. In the schools, Graham and Madison are working really hard to continue our partnerships with schools, but in the neighborhoods, listen, Brian Hatcher, kids ministry. There's things we're doing right now that are going to look different than we've ever done them before because COVID, because of the way we're forced to do church now in a wor world that's changing all the time. There are ways that we're having to reinvent ourselves and that's a good thing. We're having to reinvent ourselves and that's a good thing. So that's where it's going to start. I really believe that our prayer has got to be that God would give us the ability for our church to be what I would call a church of irresistible influence. Irresistible influence in our town. So I'm going to tell you what's going to happen this morning. In just a second, I'm going to show you a, a text that you can send. You're going to text it to a number. And when you, when you send this text, you're going to get an immediate link. 
And if you'll touch that link, it's going to send you to a, a very simple, it'll take you 30 seconds to fill it out online. I mean, on your phone. And when you, when you do it, you're going to see something that looks like this. This is just a small screenshot of the bigger page. But we're going to ask for your name and your phone number and your email. That's it. That's all we want to know. But if you look at those first top four, I want my life to make a difference with local community missions. Now, let me tell you something. Don't try to read that. I'm gonna, you may not even be able to see it real well. Let me tell you why these four are on there. Because we're, we're not ready to go with all of Give Us Franklin. We're never going to be ready to go with all of Give Us Franklin. It's a rollout. But these four areas, we're ready to go right now. Right now. Right now, it's, it doesn't cover every ministry area, but it does cover the areas we're equipped to cover right now. The first one, you just put, I want my life to make a difference with local community missions. You will get a phone call. We have opportunities. Number two, we will use our home to support student ministry. Let me tell you something. Graham and Madison right now are shipping our students into the homes to have discipleship groups because it's working. It's just working. So we're, we're envisioning God putting pockets of students all over this town, but we need homes. Listen, open up your home, right? Disinfect it if you need to. Listen, it was probably already dirty if we're all telling the truth. Okay, let's just face it. We want to use, we want to use our homes and parents. If you, you know what? If you're not equipped to teach a Bible study, we'll find you somebody. Open up your home. We need it. The third I want to be in a circle of men who know what it means to live on purpose. In the next 30 days, you're going to be hearing from Shane Pass as he's led Phil Campbell and a few other of our men. And we're putting together some men's ministry initiatives that are truly, I believe, going to be landscape altering in the community of Clearview. If you want to, men, if you want to start, you've got to get around people that are started. If you want to know what it means to live on purpose, put yourself next to people that are. And so that's what Shane's doing. Number four, we will use our home to reach parents through the parenting simulcast. We have a parenting simulcast that's coming up October 1st. We're asking some of you to open up your home that have kids for other people on your street. And then the bottom two, hey, I've discovered my purpose, but I'm, I'm ready to help. I've already discovered it, but I want to be a guide. Listen, Brian Hatcher and John Garner have got a guide system, literally like a guide, somebody that you can hook up with and say, let me just help you figure out how to do it. It's really simple. And you can do it. You can be a guide. And the last one, this might be more of you than anybody on, on this list. I'm ready, but I don't know God's purpose for me. Help. Check it. Check it. Now, look, if you want to get out your phone, it's okay to get out your phone in church. This is the one time I really don't mind. Okay? So this, this is what we want you to text to. All in. Okay? I'm all in. And that's the number. When you text that number, all in. You're going to get an immediate response. Click the link. Fill it out. Well, I'm already a member here. Fill it out. If, if, if any of those on that, on that page talk to you, if any of that speaks to you, if you want to be a guide, if you want to open up your home, if you want to get around men that know the Lord, text all into that number. And when you do, you're going to be on your journey. You know, God can do more in a moment than you can do in a lifetime. What if today, on a rainy September day, what if 20 years from now, when somebody says, hey, what happened to you? That you're able to say, it was a rainy September day and I wasn't ready, but I went to this church and I found the one pearl of great value 
and I sold all that I had to get it. That's what happened. It starts in a moment, and it can last a lifetime. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world. Is sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.